All right, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tim and John Show. Today we have a very different show uh, lined up for you today. Not as much economic, but we are joined by the one and only Ernest Hancock. And for those of you who don't know Ernest Hancock, he is of Freedoms Phoenix. That's with an S. Dot com. He was instrumental in the Ron Paul movement, uh, had the first Ron Paul revolution, well, actually made the Ron Paul revolution logo, uh, you know, had a lot of the Ron Paul meetup groups at his house. When, when was, was that thing back to like 2007-ish, uh, Ernie? Uh, we found out that in mid-2000, uh, uh, of January 2007, that he was, you know, go, talking about doing a blue ribbon panel to open a discussion on uh, exploratory maybe. And when they did that, I was like, you know, hold on a second. Um, in January of uh, 07, we had a story that was put up on Freedoms Phoenix by my senior editor then, Pal Gamble, and it said that they – Ron Paul was running and I go and we've had him speak at our freedom summits and know who he is and what he would say. And I go, Oh, this really? So I called, um, uh, Ken Snyder, you know, his assistant that we worked with. And I said, you know, is this true? Yeah. If we can get, you know, I go, Whoa, it's true. Talk to the hand, man. I don't have nothing to do with the party politics or any of that crap. You know, I know you want me to know that we'll let you know how it works out. Boom, and we started the Levolution because that Levolution logo I'd used just months before my 06 run for Secretary of State. I had, you know, still voting with a question mark and V for Vendetta, you know, V in the voting because I knew what was, yeah. So, and that Levolution logo was part of the campaign and another sticker. And it was so popular that I knew that that was going to take off. So, what I did is we did Ron Paul Levolution and we opened up an office that uh, was just uh, under construction of light rail out in front downtown Phoenix. I knew the landlord and we just got it for two months and we started mass producing those signs and send them all over the country, a bunch of libertarian activists that I knew. And that's when you were doing video on these little uh, magnetic tapes. And I go, just do some video wherever you're putting these signs and so on, send me stuff. And they did and we, and boom, it exploded. So by May of uh, 07, you know, Dr. Paul was like, all right, I guess it's a evolution, <laughs> but it had already taken off, and it was a demonstration of spontaneous order, and that's with all the stuff that's going on now, that's what I think they fear the most. They didn't anticipate that. They didn't see that one coming, and they need to get control of the internet, and what happened, it was in the 04 campaign with Howard Dean when uh, uh, he was having, like, flash mobs and internet was getting people whoa, 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 whoa. they're raising money you know right and he yelled and they made a big i'm like the heck is this all about it's all a game it's just a game but you know they want to play let's play and that's what we're doing now we're gonna you know be pushing the spontaneous order and uh promoting people that are actually doing stuff and I'm not, I'm not worried about the vast masses majority. Well, speaking of, of promoting people, uh, I mean, you, I mean, the whole reason I know about Dr. Judy Mikovits is because just by coincidence, she was usually either on the, the hour right before me or the hour right after me for like three and a half years. She's probably been on longer than I've been on your show. And you were really the first person that gave me an opportunity to uh, say whatever I wanted to say in, in terms of, uh, you know, geopolitics and finance. And so, I saw all this stuff going on back in March and wanted to go interview Dr. Judy. And now she's basically the biggest thing in the world. And we do have that interview that uh, by the time you guys see this, I will have links to that interview and that will be posted first to my podcast feed. And then with the podcast feed, I'll have the video links embedded 
and it's going to be going on to float and to bit shoot in places where they can't take it down. Because I mentioned such evil things like taking vitamin C and colloidal silver and other things you're not allowed to say on, uh, you evil on YouTube. Man. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube these days. And so with Ernie, I mean, he, somehow you always have your finger right on the pulse of being able to be 10 steps ahead of these guys, you know. And so maybe if you want to get into, I don't know, first if you want to get into, uh, you know, censorship and IPFS and how they can't take you down yeah, or if you want to go a, get into the what happened. for Dr. Judy. With, you know, uh, support of like uh, Dr. Paul or Cody Wilson or uh, Judy Mikevitz. And the list goes on and on and on. A lot of the people that we have on the show and promote. And it's not to build us. I'm, that's not how we work. I understand the inspiration of some individuals. It always comes down to the individual. It's always the individual versus the collective. That's what makes these blockbuster movies so popular. You know, it's uh, Matrix or Braveheart or, you know, Lord of the <laughs> Rings. You know, you, you chuck the ring in the fires of Mordor. It's um, the Patriot, Gladiator. I mean, all these blockbuster movies is a free market support of the concept of the individual versus the collective. And I can see that. And I look for those kinds of people and um, who is bucking the system. Who's not getting their props. Who's not being paid attention to on important issues and we can learn stuff. Well, I was um, some supporters sent me an email said, you really should talk to this Dr. Judy Mikevitz. Okay. Yeah. I get lots of those. You know, i put it in, had her on. She told she had just written the book uh, less than a year before called Plague, you know, and it was about her arrest and them going after her. And she told him, she goes, if you guys do this, because she knew what was happening with the vaccines. You guys meet, got Mises pieces in there and you're, you're purposely making people sick and you know it. She goes, no, I'm not, I'm not pulling on this. They threat. Well, you always say Mises pieces. Can you back up and tell people what Mises pieces well, is? They call it zoonosis. It's to get, um, people to be infected with various different viruses, you know, like the bats and all that kind of stuff, they have to go through like 800 years of evolution in a lab in 10 years kind of thing. So they've been working weaponizing and, uh, you know, uh, increase of features. Which they, made, which they made legal again in 2017, which not that they care about whether it's legal or not. Yeah, they want to do uh, <laughs> increase of function or some crap like that. They always call it something else. But um, they had made it illegal to do this in 13, 14 or so. And then in like 17, like after Trump was in, you know, they came in and did something passed. Yeah, we can do it again. Well, they take a lot of the money. They give it to the who through the China. They go and they develop it. I mean, all this stuff is coming out. So what we did is our whole function was to, you know, uncover the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what we do. Well, when Judy came on, I think it was like August of 16, immediately before the end of the show during the break i'm calling the hotel that we do our summits at i said what's your first you know uh weekend that we get 10 days from now next saturday after this boom it's done. My, my first time on your show was september of 2016 so it's very so you know, very very going on so we had our first vaccine education summit that featured her and a bunch of the other scientists that were on the edge of this thing then we did another one just this last uh september 28th, I think it was, in 19, and Del Bigtree was there along with, you know, Dr. Judy Mikevitz and a bunch of others. You go to vaccineeducationsummit.com and you'll see those videos. And you watch Dell's and uh, all of them. I mean, they're amazing. I went back and watched because I'm busy, you know, at the summit. I go back and watch them. I'm like, holy crap, that was awesome. So we knew all this relationship that she had had going back to the 
early 80s, 83, 84, with Dr. Fauci. You know, Fauci was definitely her nemesis bad guy. She could see what was going But only recently, in the last month or so, did she find out what the motivation was for them going after their research and not having them, her and Dr. Rossetti that she was working for. She was 25-year-old, you know, lab tech back then and in the 80s. And what she found out is that there's a thing called the Dole Something Act that gives scientists that do research on vaccines and pathogens, whatever the heck they do, they come up with a patent that they can patent it. I just saw a bus here, a city bus in Phoenix, Arizona State University, you know, top 10 in all worldwide patents, you know, like, yay. What are they keeping from the people, you know? I, I, I think they're top in the PPP loans as well, the ASU. But anyways, rabbit hole. Wow. Yeah. So uh, um, we have um, all these patents and what these scientists do is they are able now with this act to personally profit off of patents. They use taxpayer money with taxpayer funded facilities, university, whatever, and then they get a credit. They'll publish and say, we take credit, and then they get the patents. Well, that's what was going on. Fauci and his buddies, you know, were stealing people, stopping this, doing that, getting this is the only answer yet. It went on with AIDS. It went on with SARS. It went on with... So these are bad guys. Bad, 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 bad. And she had been detailing this for the past... Since 16. So what is that? Four years or so that we've been interviewing her every week for a while. And then we went every every other week after a year or two because there was so much stuff. If you do uh, Judy Mikevich, you go to Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock.com or top right of Freedom's Phoenix and you'll go into the show and you go by guest and you just look up her name and you'll see the God hundreds. I mean, lots of interviews that step by step in this process, she has detailed with our audience what's coming, why, and the science behind it. So when the uh, COVID thing happened, of course, I go to her and she goes, it's all BS because they can't. I mean, she just detailed it out. Well, they did. Um, uh, a movie, some supporters of ours also funded them doing a documentary that was, you know, started with her. And now she's like one of five, you know, vignettes that, you know, the, the uh, sections of this documentary coming out this summer that just lays all this out. Well, they started off with hers. The trailer to the movie is 25 minutes. The trailer, <laughs> the first one. So this is when she put that out, we've heard all this before. And our audience knows, but you, they, they always need a visual, well, tight kind of James Corbett documentary. <laughs> yeah. And this really laid it out, and it just went stupid within days. Well, when we knew that they had this trailer, they sent it to us, and we put it up on Freedom's Phoenix. Boom, it exploded. Well, then we made sure it got on certain you know, to the attention of certain individuals and that they, you know, help promote it. But then they started doing whack-a-mole on the internet. You know, Vimeo takes it down with the original ad. Try that effect. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, YouTube. Well, okay, so what do we have? Interplanetary file system. So we can have it permanently put on the internet in um, uh, nodes that people have tens of thousands of these nodes that you can put a pen of file up on your own server and then it's replicated across the planet and it never goes away. So we did that immediately. We go, look, here it is. So on Google, you'll go, um, pandemic movie IPFS, we're top, amazingly. <laughs> and then, uh, but you do Bing, 
which is Microsoft, <laughs> which is Gates, pandemic movie what? I mean, you know, it's so obvious what's going on. And I think people are starting to realize they're being lied to. So when you get somebody like this with this, you know, damaging, barn burning information of, oh, my God, and uh, they, they pull out all the big guns. They are going after her like you wouldn't believe. But she has the two books. Plague described her arrest, why the FBI came, what they were trying to get, how they did everything. She goes, look, man, if you guys do this, I'm going to spend the rest of my life out here. Well, she did. Then the next book that just came out, it sold out in hours. You know, they're, you can still get it on Kindle, and they're ordering more as much as Amazon will. You know, they're always out of stock of what they want, don't want you to have, you know, that kind of thing. It's not but, essential. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the, um, the book that she has now is called Plague of Corruption, and it details all of what they've been doing and who's been doing it, name and names. So this is – they bring out – oh, she's like enemy of the state with Will Smith and Gene – how was it? Gene uh, Hacking? No, Gene – yeah, whatever. Um, uh, into the 90s, they had this movie about what happens when you become the enemy, uh, an enemy of the state. Well, they want you to be known as a liar before you even open your mouth. They're going to make sure – you know. And every, he was arrested. Shoot, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's – Got a mug shot. They went through everything they could – then, of course – you know, criminal charges aren't brought, they're dropped, they're this, they're that. It doesn't matter, you know. They retracted the and, – and in my world, if they're not doing this to you, coming after you, then what the hell good are you? I mean, you know, if they're not doing this, you know, then you probably aren't really doing anything. So we believe – Like what people expect, you're going after the most powerful people in the world that own all the media, that own all the everything, and, and – Big Pharma and Bill Gates, and you think they're just going to play tiddlywinks with you? Like, of course they're going to go arrest you and and drum up all these different things. And people are like, oh, she was arrested. Uh, so I love when you gave the interview with her about a week ago, also with James Corbett right right before that. And you're like, yeah, what good are you? If you're not arrested, then you're probably not you know uh, effective enough. Not that I'm not you no. Know, just for the record, I'm not trying to go out here and get arrested or anything, but uh, I try not you know, the, to. The, they them come after you. Yeah, doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Convicted? Never convicted. You know, that kind of thing. The, um, yeah, we're doing the, the Love Bus Liberty Tour. That's what I'm in the studio on the bus. We're still working. You know, and I got I'm, I'm a busting butt kind of individual here. But the, um, the main thing that has been of interest to me has been how hard they, them, those, the ones that won't leave us alone. That's how you go, who they? Who are they? The ones that won't leave me alone. That's who they are. And um, how hard they work to discredit it's it's all about credibility and they have none you know but the fbi says i'm like what well, and i believe you know I, i've been through waco and ruby ridge and you know oklahoma city and you know you know pizza gate this gate and trump thing and flynn and i you know i i, I don't know when have they ever told the truth i mean it's just been amazing to me and i you know to try and somebody uh a liberty activist to come and say, but the FBI, I'm like, where have you been, man? You know, I, it, and a lot of it, it's amazing to me that a lot of the Ron Paul Lovolution generation was brought up um, through the 9-11 era. 9-11 was the big wake-up call for a lot of people. And then in 09, you know, the economic crisis and all that kind of, yeah, okay, we get it. But the, um, it, it's amazing to me how, how conspiratorial, you know, they, 
would believe and see or at least do some research or scratch the surface or something. And then all of a sudden, now, well, the FBI said, I'm like, wow, what, what, what? I, I, and the only commonality that I can see is it's like um, you get more of what you reward and less of what you punish. It's like if sloth and inactivity and dependency and disability and all that's rewarded, you get more of it. You know, productivity and ingenuity and work and effort and, you know, progress, you know, just kicking butt. You get punished. You got progressive income tax or you're not allowed or where's your permit? You get paid and, more not to work than to work now right. because of all the new incentives. So well, at least we have some economic yeah. stuff in there today. So well, the same, same thing, in Canada, too. I just want to finish on this point. The same thing happens with social media. They, you know, if they got some robot AI troll of Russia or whatever out there, oh, yeah, you're, you're one of us. Peace. You know, you're for COVID lockdown and calling your grandmother. You know, I'm – and you get more of that. And then when people did it – they got like 900 names they publish. Uh, here's a little Nazi narcs, you know. So I, I thought that was cool. But the, um, I, I, I'm, I, I shouldn't be surprised because I've been doing this over 30 years. And it's, it's very interesting to see how things replicate and repeat, which is why they keep doing it, because it works. And they controlled the media before my generation. So we started publishing our own newspapers. We went online. You know, that, now they've invaded online. So then where do you go? You have to create your new internet two-point kiss my butt, you know? And that's what we've been working on. And this is why. And we put that movie on I mean, IPFS and it went stupid. I had more downloads of the IPFS, you know, uh, page that we had it on than the real, you know, where they were keeping it originally. And I'm going, look, man, this you can't stop the signal. No. And this, just so people understand what IPFS is, I mean, basically you're uploading information to a server that's then getting replicated out to other people in the network on the server. Basically. So if they go in Hellfire Missile you, well, then it's already replicated over here. Then when they try to take you down, then it then makes other people then want to have it that much more, which then replicates it even more. No. And so eventually, it's decentralized you know, storage. Yeah, so as they try to, you know, clench your fists even tighter, then all of a sudden, you know, the you know, different activists and innovators in the space are then coming up with solutions. They're going to wish that they let us just play in their YouTube, Facebook controlled sandboxes. But unfortunately, they're coming at us from every single direction right now that there's, I, I mean, I've, and, and the thing is my, I, even though Judy used to speak either right before me, right after me, you know, I heard her spiel a bunch and, you know, I, you know, heard it a few times and I, w I wouldn't really listen because it wasn't really my main, my main thing was economics and finance. It wasn't vaccines. And then now I see, where the biggest push in the world is, you know, we need a mandatory vaccination and we're going to tie that together with universal basic income. And then we're going to have a federal reserve .gov coin that's going to, and then so I, they're hitting us from so many different fronts right now that I don't even, yeah. that now I am talking more about vaccines because it, it wasn't my, I mean, I didn't go to the vaccine. It wasn't my deal, but now I see that this gigantic rollout is occurring and this is, one of the most, and at the time, even like two months ago, yeah, three months ago, we were all sort of laughing at you, like, Ernie, now you're going to go tour the country? <laughs> well, the thing is, so Ernie had, basically, for people that don't know, at his house, at his, at his compound, you know, Sheriff Joe, you know, so it's always a compound if you're, you know, if you're not a guy that people <laughs> like. So at his, at his compound, uh, which is chickens and roosters and all sorts of, you know, aquaponics, and where the, where the, so not just hydroponics, where the, where the, where the, where the hydroponic flows into the fish, 
he's set up for everything. And everyone's like, well, now you're going to leave to promote vaccine education awareness. But then that was, you know, what the sentiment was beginning of March that I was thinking. And now I'm like, holy crap, this is like, how did Ernie know that this is the thing that they're pushing right now? And that now it is more important than ever to spread awareness on this. And again, it wasn't my main issue, but now that I see them pushing this, they, they always go, Ernie, had you know? And I'm like, how did you not know? What the hell were you guys looking at? I mean, you know, it's so, this stuff is so obvious, you know, yeah. and I, I've really been um, um, uh, worried that there wasn't going to be enough, um, enough focus on what the real problem was. The real problem is all about control. And everybody yeah. goes to conspiracy A, B through Z and double A to double Z. I mean, you know, it's always something. Ernie, do you believe that they're, you know, chemtrail in this? Do you believe that they're poisoning the water, the food supply? Blah, 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 I don't know. Can they? Can they maintain, enhance, and expand their intrusiveness, control over the individual to their benefit? Do they have the physical ability to? Can they? Well, then they are. I go, what? There's some moral hurdle they got to get over? Oh, we shouldn't do that. That'd be wrong. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is, of course, they're doing everything. It's election fraud. All this mail-in voting, computer, blah, 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 blah. You know, and the Libertarian Party's falling right in with it. Oh, the COVID. You know, they had some meetings this weekend. I don't know what they decide. Don't care. I jumped on like 10 minutes of the yeah. weekend, and it was like the most BS, bullcrap, want to kill myself. No, not suicidal in case, you know, Hillary Clinton's listening. But <laughs> I listened to like 10 minutes of this Libertarian Party convention meeting, and I'm like, this is all the same crap that you would get from, like, the Republicans and Democrats. This lead. Ridiculous. Lead or get uh, the hell out of the way. I, I am so yeah. – I got a call from the LNC, the Libertarian National Committee rep, and they wanted, you know, what's your opinion? You got to go, you don't care what I say. You guys already got a plan. You're going to do what you're going to do. Why are you just BSing me? You're just pissing me off, you know? <laughs> well, we need your input. What do you think? We have some older members that need social dis- – oh, shut up. You know, I just – I you know, get at – stop. What I think is this cactus giving you the finger. No, yeah, I'm, I'm just so – what I think about I'm, the LNC committee. It's, it's down to individuals. It always has been. That's why the Libertarian National Convention – is so important is not because of all the business and stuff that happens. It's the Liberty Nexus. It's where all the, it's like the high school dance that you go to to find out where the, uh, the cool kids are partying later. I mean, you know, it's a, you go there and you meet all your friends and you say, Hey, what you guys been doing? I don't care what the state except is. They don't have, except they don't have dances anymore. So that's why, that's why they want. Because they don't have dances anymore or, or high school anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, well, it's, I, it's, it's I, pretty. I, yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty clear that you know what they're trying to do. Here. It's uh, I'm watching, of course, uh, Justin Scumbag Trudeau over here in Canada, and uh, you know, uh, he basically is textbook for World Health Organization, and, and and I think it has more to do that he wants you know his spot in the Security Council when he retires as the Premier of Canada. You know, oh, little, uh, oh yeah, and and this is the case with Norway too. You know, we. We had uh, like the head of NATO now, Jens Stoltenberg. He became head of NATO right after he had, we had the big terrorist attack in Norway on July 22nd. Uh, there, there's a lot of incentives there. And of course, everything is made possible by ultimate possibility of printing currency because that, you know, just froth is, it's just froth of, uh, you know, corruption with that throughout history. And nobody listening to learn about that, that, you know, that's a stupid and moronic idea that you could just 
have a state or any corrupt entity just print, you know, oblivious amounts of currency and then give it to everybody that they want. And, and we're surprised that we have corruption and that, you know, we're getting pushed uh, mandatory vaccination because, you know, Merck and others, they, uh, you know, uh, basically the government buys all the, all the vaccines and then, uh, you know, they give it to us for free <laughs> over on the other side by forced mandatory, you know, uh, mandate. So it's just ridiculous how this whole Ponzi scheme has made all this, uh, you know, garbage uh, possible with it was you know, the an inevitable economic collapse yeah. that was looking for yeah. an excuse. And this is, I go, this has nothing to do with whatever the hell it is. <laughs> this was all about them getting their six trillion plus and counting. You know, this is, I, I'm, I can Bank see robbery. this a mile away. Yeah. And people that were like, oh, Ernie, you called it in mid March. I go, I'm calling BS on this thing. This whole thing's a hoax. It's just, you know, economic, whatever. Oh, Ernie, you don't mean that. You can't. And what's your evidence of blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to monetize everything that's debt. The municipal corporations down to the city of little nothing, they have, they won't even tell you. We've tried a bunch of cities in Arizona tried to get access to their books on what their financial obligation is for all their pensions. They keep hiring all these cops and municipal employees and firemen. And then they, you know, double dip. And they go, I mean, it's just enormous bank robbery. And now. And tell them what they did in Phoenix. Tell them what they did in Phoenix for the, the police and the pensions. They passed over there, over here. They did a referendum. They put it on the ballot. And of course it passes, you know, they uh, put it on the ballot that the pensions get fully funded first before any other government services. Guess what's going to happen? So <laughs> the police, this is, the police, the police pensions, the police and, and firefighters. Right. And then, so I'm going, you know, this is, this is, I don't know. It might've been more than that. It was definitely a police and fire. And uh, when you see political signs that say, you know, firemen or police endorsed, they definitely want the firemen because they're on, you know, 24 off 48 or on 48 and off 72 or something like that. They get time for just being at the station. So they have enormous amounts of time available. They're the ones that put up their signs. That's the sign putter upper guys. So you definitely want the, you know, the firemen on your side. So the lobbyists come in. We I don't like this. how they conflate the firemen and the police together. Cause it's like, you know what? The firemen don't show up guns with the gun. Guns and hoses. even and got so a group I here called guns and hoses. No way. Guns, guns and hoses. Guns and hoses. You the lobbying group with guns the and hoses. Of the, uh, the gun, is that the counter of the guns and weed? Is that the counter of the guns and weed uh, people? So. Yeah. Well, what they did is Good. guns and hoses because well, in the mid-90s, they were hiring a bunch of uh, Gulf War One vets. So they got some vets and they kind of, you know, they're that little army team, and, you know, having a bunch of support for. But it, it's just a big bank robbery. I remember in early 2000, like uh, four or five around in there, uh, John Perkins that did Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That's and uh, we had him on quite a bit, read his book and so on. Then he had another sequel. And he's trying to purge himself. He went progressive and I'm just, you know, I'm not a bad guy anymore or whatever. But it really, you know, came down to I could see what was going on. Some of our American cities have more GDP than some of the countries that they robbed, you know. And they go to some leader or some, you know, head of state or whatever, and they put a gun to his head and they say, your signature or your, your brains are going to be on this document. And he goes, ah, screw you. Well, then they either assassinate him or they invade him or they boycott him or, you know, uh, sanctions or whatever the hell they do. And a lot of them, they just invade. They can find some excuse to whatever. So this debt that they have, how did our oil get underneath your stand? Well, they indebted you. You know, the IMF, World Bank, you know, the big banking system, federal, I mean, just on and on and on. 
and they were doing it city by city, county by county, state by state here in America. The biggest low-hanging fruit was the United States debt instruments in pensions, in bonds, in whatever, and they just came in whatever project. Every little town had to have a new water treatment plant. They went into debt, $300 million minimum. It was just, well, we could just do this field of cattails in the pond of, no, got to have a big plant, okay? So this is how they did Bad it. fluoride into there. I could see it coming. We covered it. I'm like, look, people, you know, this is what's happening right now. It is not fixable. There is going to be a big... And now they're buying junk bonds. And now, now the Fed is buying actual bonds and buying junk bonds. Which I don't think they've actually started buying that, but just by talking about buying it has then raised the prices of those assets. So, And then BlackRock is one of the biggest owners of the high-yield junk bonds. And now BlackRock gets to then get a commission off selling their own bullshit back to the Federal Reserve that they should be taking a bath on. And meanwhile, it's funny because when I was moving, I saw some charts from BlackRock that it's had laying around where it shows like investor psychology and euphoria. I'm like, well, how come you guys don't pay attention to your own shit that you put out? And that you've got to, it's just so, it, it, it is basically criminal. What is going, it's not even legal for the Federal Reserve to even well, be doing this. And then, well, they, then meanwhile, like all these Q people are like, oh, well, Trump has now saved the Federal Reserve by, uh, you know, or he's not saved it. He's taken it over. And like, how's he taking it over? He's given them even more power. They've, we're more in debt to them. All they have to offer is debt. They get interest off the debt. And oh yeah, by the way, we're in the first loss position, meaning we're the ones who take the losses. When I actually, I had a question that got posed that David Schweiker, uh, congressman out here in Scottsdale, that you know, he on Facebook, he's like, oh hey, I'm going to be on Capitol Hill and get to ask Janet Yellen a question. And he actually answered. He actually asked my question. And the short version of it was, what happens if the day comes when the Treasury, when the Fed actually has losses? And Janet Yellen said that my scenario was mathematically impossible. When, well, if it's mathematically impossible, then why the fuck does it have to be in the language saying that the, that the, that the Treasury is in the first loss position if three years ago she said it was impossible? So, you know, how come little old me over here was, and it, this was the week of Brexit too, and Peter Schiff actually then referenced my question. I almost fell out of bed. He's like, yeah, it was a pretty boring day, except for this one question that snuck through. You know, the one thing I want to ask, Don, I've been interviewing a lot of guys. They give me, you know, all the financial guys and so on. And my big thing has been, I thought the Fed wasn't supposed to have, like, stuff, you know, accumulation of assets. and doing. I'm going, I thought that was illegal. They can't do it. And the only person that really, you know, detailed and whatever it was, John. You know, John actually answered my questions. And so, well, this is how much, and this is who, and this is that. I mean, as you're looking at this monetization of the, the debts, of these stocks, of pensions, of everything, it, it, it's, it, it's not viable in the free market. So all these central banks have to take it or something. Somehow, how are they doing that? How much? By printing currency out of thin air, right? Then, like what the actual special, pur special purpose vehicle that, you know, the, uh, the ESF uh, uh, has been using because it's funny the ESF is the gold, uh, the stolen gold money from 1933 that you know grown over time, and they're using uh, the ESF through uh, with BlackRock as you know the, uh, ESF, the, the entity ESF. that actually yeah, it's the exchange stabilization fund. It's the fund that is used to stabilize fiat currencies around the world. If there's some problem in any fiat currency, you know they the, they extend an act arm out to them like they have an open three billion dollar credit line to mexico for example that is made available so you know if the peso is fluctuating too much and people are starting to distrust the 
uh, any fiat currencies, you know, they come in there and help. Like they've been intervening for the last, like, uh, you know, since the, especially since the, uh, like, uh, no, it was actually the 30s. Even since the 30s, they've been in there, you know, there's, there's lists that you can go and look at that shows, you know, Mexico, they've been in Canada, Australia, like everywhere almost that they've been all and, and been, uh, you know, supplementing with this amount. fund. All this is going to face a tsunami that there is no amount of money fast enough that they can do or print that is going to take the no. default on all the derivatives, on all the pensions, all the, this is coming. They, they can't. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, it's not like physically <laughs> possible. I mean, they're just changing the purple digital money or something. I mean, I have no idea. They're going to pull something out of their butt. You know what? Well, well like what are they going to do? Hey. Listen to these numbers here. Sorry, Tim, just <laughs> going to give you a couple of numbers there. Uh, the, the, they actually, so the total of the 87 biggest central banks in the world right now, they have a total balance sheet, a balance of uh, close to $40 trillion. Well, the global GDP is between 74 to 80 somewhere. I'm not sure that number. That's over 50% of ownership of all the assets uh, that exist that is now owned by these communist central bank entities. And since, since uh, you know, January of 2019, they've increased their share. And they haven't started really yet, like others than the only ones that really started is Australia, uh, Canada, and, and uh, the United States. But now the ECB and everybody else has started on a rampage of buying up these assets with, you know, their fake bank account. They have a bank account. You know, I wish I had that bank account with zero, zero dollars in it that I constantly could charge, you know, buy, uh, buy stuff with. You know, it'd be wonderful. I'd be a, a Bill Gates in an instant. <laughs> you know, it's this, this so criminal. Yeah. John, this has to end somehow. This, yeah. It has to end. There's, there's an end to this, and it's an abandonment mm -hmm. or a lack of faith, or it just doesn't function. Nobody wants lack it. Lack of faith. Anyway. Yeah. Well, when it always comes what, back to faith. Yeah. Well, what? How? What? What's the sign? I mean, I, we don't have enough signs. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I, there's plenty of signs. Oh, I know what sure. the sign is. Yeah. It's the difference between the spot price on silver and gold and what you can actually get it for in physical form. I yeah. see they go $15 and something. I go, I'll buy silver at $15 or something all freaking day long. Gimme, 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 gimme. Oh, yeah. Well, that'd be $25. You know, mm -hmm. when you get like a $10, you know, premium on silver, I'm going, holy crap. If that's a big sign to me. Oh, it's massive warning signs. That, as the academics likes to call it, you know, it's called gold backwardation. Oh, they got a word <laughs> so, for it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course they do. <laughs> No, but anyways, you know, the, the signs are there. People are getting, you know, when you see people start starving in the streets, you know, massive food bank lineups, all this stuff. Uh, it comes to a point where the, the currency is not enough to feed, uh, feed yourself if you have a salary. And, and when, you know, your salary isn't increasing with inflation, which is, you know, we have no clue what that inflation is. Suddenly, you know, you're going to be in some severe trouble. Look at France. That was a lot of the protests there was a tiny little, uh, carbon tax, you know, that uh, Macron uh, increased there, but suddenly, you know, people were starving uh, and couldn't afford to pay for food. And that's where you get the, the, the big, you know, uh, people will be out in the streets. They are not going to yeah, stop they when have, they start. And they Macron worked directly France. for the Rothschild family. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, were, he worked for the Rothschild right. bank, by the way. Yeah, no okay, I want to ask Tim. Tim, you're Mr. Liberty Advisor, financial guy or whatever. I mean, you know, I. 
all of these different ways that you're playing, you're doing well in the market and so on. But I'm like, at some point, that ain't going to matter. I, I'm, you know, as you got them heavily weighted or options for precious metals or crypto or yeah, what's going to happen with crypto and having and all this other crap. I haven't been paying attention. I already knew they go, Ernie, you're know, like Dr. Tamburi. We do the Trump report where he goes, Ernie, look at the headlines, man. You were right. All this. What do you think? And then I go, I don't need to look. I already know what's going to happen. You know, I got, it's happening now. Listen, I'm busy, man. I'm sanding, you know, I'm fixing, I'm doing buzz work, man. We're getting on the road. Cause I'm, I can't get out of this place fast enough. I want to get free of all the crap and be able to document this whole thing across the country. This is going to be, it's going to be leadership by individuals that just never mind. And we're open and that's starting to happen. And Arizona kind of got, we'll yeah. give you a, you know, a few weeks. You got, they're not playing anymore. So we'll see what happens in places like Texas. And you got salon owners going, bite me, you know, throw me in jail, man. I don't care. And then she gets, you know, like a million dollars and go fund me or something for standing up. You knew there was going to be somebody does that. So I'm just like, you know, Tim, help me out here. I mean, what's a, I got, you know, my 401k of my money of uh, IRA of blah, blah, blah. You know, am I, you going to keep me safe? Well, I mean, so far we've kept people safe, but I mean, a lot of times people think that being safe is just permanently being in cash. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people, especially after they've already lost, you know, 35, 40%, but, you know, by and large, our clients went down between three and a half to five at the absolute worst. But, you know, one thing right now, I mean, it's, but we were starting to get worried about, you know, the, you know, counterparty risk to put options and whether or not, uh, you know, and so one thing I do want to address is everybody thinks that, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying that, oh, the dollar was going to collapse, you know, a month ago because of all this money printing. And I actually, I'm not, this is exactly your exact question, but, you know, paradoxically, uh, the dollar is probably going to get a lot stronger. Uh, yeah, it's know, on the, uh, it's on the top of the today. garbage heap. <laughs> Sorry. And so, but eventually that strength is going to lead to its weakness because if you're in, uh, you know, you borrow money and you're in Uganda and all of a sudden your currency is down 40% against the dollar and now you've got to then pay, it takes you 40% more, uh, you know, labor to then be able to pay that back. It's eventually that strength. And, and people, there was economists back when the dollar, you know, after Bretton Woods who theorized this back in like the 40s and 50s, I think the guy's name was Robert Triffin of Triffin's Dilemma saying that the world reserve currency needed to have liquidity, needed to run deficits, but those deficits and liquidity would ultimately lead to its downfall. And so, I mean, this has been, you know, projected since before even Ernie was alive on all this. And, and they know that this was all going to happen. And with all this debt, they knew that this, that this whole entire house of cards, I mean, I gave a talk at Anarch Zona. I mean, the one I gave at Anarch Poco last year in 2019 was on crisis retiring. That was the blueprint for how to get yourself through this. And so, yeah, I gave it 13 months, 13 months too early. Uh, then at Enrique Zona, I was giving a speech on how all the times Trump called BS and the unemployment rates. Then go, then I was even talking about how you know even you had like 90, you know there was a record amount of Americans who were 90 days or more delinquent on their car payments back the March, the previous March of 2019. Then come to Enrique Poco, and I was hesitant to give a speech on the economy because I'm like shit, I could this whole entire thing could blow up before I even get there, and then all that all that was uh, for naught. And so, uh, yeah. And so in that presentation, I was talking about the corporate debt market and how 
uh, the pensions and how all this stuff was tied together. And when one thing blows, it's going to lead into the others. And it's going to be some black swan. Even at the time, the black swan was there right in front of us. And, and we didn't even see it at that, at that time, you know, myself included. But, you know, this was the perfect excuse, the perfect pin to use to pop everything. To some extent, Trump sort of gets out of dodge on this because they get to blame it on, oh, everything was great. And if it wasn't for, you know, we just turned off the economy and, uh, you know, and everything was great, but we just turned it off. Well, guess what? If everything was great, you know, every, the whole world shouldn't go into complete chaos. Uh, you know, and they went into chaos immediately because all these companies are over leveraged. The only way, you know, they're buying back their own debt, you know, manipulating the earnings per share prices by buying back their own debt because the CEOs were incentivized to do so because their pay is based on stock options. And, oh, lo and behold, like 1,300 major CEOs stepped down in, you know, in the beginning of the year, uh, which, you know, completely unprecedented. That's never happened. So, you know, I can't really give, you know, if if people want investment advice at this point, they can, you know, uh, go to the website and then maybe in like a week and a half we can get to you because right now, uh, you know, I'm I'm really busy taking care of the current people and I'm, uh, because it's, I just moved a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I mean, it's probably about a week and a half backup just to even talk to me. So, you know, realistically, by the time you even get to do anything, we'll probably at least be June. So, you know, quit waiting. I don't know what, what more I need to tell people in terms of, uh, you know, I wish I was pimping this harder and people are like, Oh, you only do a show. So that way you can advertise what you do. I'm like, well, then if I had advertisers, then people would say, Oh, well now you're beholden to the advertisers. And so, you know, you're always dealing with this crap. And so, you know, we're, I'm promoting something that I believe in trying to help save people. And we do have clients in the crypto, do have clients in the gold. I'm promoting that for the clients who aren't in it. I'm aggressively telling the people who, you know, aren't fans of gold or silver because, you know, not because I do have some more mainstream type clients, but, you know, letting them, you know, understand and, uh, you know, what the risks yeah, that are out what? there. Yeah, but take what? possession as- or get some ETF or derivative of or some index or – I mean, because I'm just I, – I, I, if I don't have it, you don't have it. You know, and it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, in the I, I mean, I've I've not been a big fan of you know putting like physical gold into IRAs. I think it's better just to have the physical gold or silver yourself, and this you know not have it inside of the IRA is sort of you know what I'd recommend it. But for people who there's people out there though who are not going to go out and buy physical gold. They're you know they're 75 years old. They've never done it before. They're not. They've you know they see the TV and well maybe now everything's not fine, but they don't. you know, they aren't fully on board. They're just not going to go do it. And so for those people, yeah, we do have ETFs. Now I think eventually you're going to see the exact opposite problem happen with ETFs in gold that you saw happen in, in oil. Whereas in oil, at least in the, a lot of the oil ETFs were backed by futures contracts. These future contracts, uh, you know, if you're trading futures and you're in your 800 square foot apartment in New York city and all of a sudden the futures and, and th- there's no storage space for any of this stuff. And all of a sudden it's like a hot potato that nobody wants to hold on to. And we saw at one point negative, I think $57 a barrel oil. Well, you know, that, you know, if you've got an 800 square foot apartment, you can't just take possession of 32,000 gallons of oil. And so uh, that has to go somewhere. And so now that could be the exact opposite in gold where, uh, you know, all of a sudden everybody wants it. And nobody's willing to give up their physical possession of it, yeah. and then it creates the price always skyrocket. Yes, how much. Go- yeah, there's oh. going to be no price. Yeah, yeah. no, that's of, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's going to be no price of uh, of dollars in gold. No, sorry, uh, yeah, exactly. No gold in dollars uh, or in, in Canadian dollars, anything, because nobody wants to depart with the gold because they're protecting their wealth. Well, John, can you get into the gold prices and other currencies? Because, you know, outside of the dollar, isn't it hitting pretty much all-time highs, like almost everywhere? Uh, I'm not uh, Yeah, basically, basically everywhere in the world. 
like if if you just let me uh, if you can talk for another uh, little bitter, I'll actually pull uh, pull up uh, some of that information. Oh, I can. Right now. Okay, can Ernie and I talk? This is where I get um, a lot of my information is just people that you know they know they, and, and they they took the time they looked and they you know they have all this research from you get the Paul Krugmans and the Peter Schiffs and Ron Paul philosophically and all this other stuff. And you have all this information and somebody will go look and they'll just do the fundamental. All right, well, where are they putting the oil? I mean, you know, where are they, you know, holding the gold? How are they, you know, fulfilling these contracts? Are they fulfilling the, can they fulfill the contracts? What's the premium for, they go, look, we, we didn't know you were going to take possession of the gold. I tell you what, we'll give you more of this funny money that you were going to make instead of the gold. No, I want the gold. Well, it was here a minute ago. I mean, when this stuff starts, you're going, this is not real. It's just not real. So you go, what is real? Real is when you get stuff. And I remember, I, I tell this story often on the show, during the Levolution, it was like in 08, um, uh, the first run for Ron Paul. And I made note of it because I took a video camera, like, where are all the women? Well, my wife and a bunch of her friends and a bunch of other women, they all got together and it was just like, I don't know, seven, eight women making signs. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I saw them out. I go, hey, I came home. I get the video camera out. Oh, here's where all the women are, you know, and they're making signs. One of them, Renee, she had a shirt that said the Fed did it and it had an arrow pointing down and a dollar sign. The Fed did it. And I go to her, I said, the Fed did it. What'd the Fed do? And she goes, printed money and bought gold with it. And I go, wow. If that wasn't a succinct skip to the end, of what's happening. They print money, just make it up out of thin air, take all your toxic, not toxic, whatever asset of we own this shopping mall of pieces. We don't care how much it costs. We don't how much care how much we pay for it. It's just funny money we made anyway, but they own everything. And that's what's coming. There is going to be a central plan of somebody centrally owns of central. And I remember this from a junior high reading the book, The Jungle, about the meat processing in Chicago. And what it was about, it talked about, you know, it was a progressive era and, you know, corporations bad and all this kind of stuff. And they were talking about, you know, the, you know, rats in the sausage of whatever the heck. And the one thing that struck my mind is they had like company housing at a house and then they'd have people move in, they'd make payments, whatever. they get hurt, no disability, no workman's comp or whatever. You can't make your payments, get, get the F out of my house, you owe me money, man, they kick them out. And then they would have another word, repaint it and everything, have another worker go in and buy it. And it was always like the company store. You always owed money to the company. You always owed money to the banks. To them, they, they, they took away your rest with interest. You're never going to be to where you can just kick back on the front porch and I don't have bills and smoking your cigar or whatever. You know, get a little herb and just chilling out and I'm, you know, work my butt all day and I've got, no, your rest of your weekends are gone. Your evenings are gone. You're working, 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 working and interest. This is what I remember from that era is that they, it was the banks, it was the companies because they can. And when you go like a farmer, you go, no, I'm good. I, I just take care of myself. I got a little, well, no, nope, got to pay taxes on the land. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to get into production. You got to, you know, we got, we got a bill for you to pay. Oh, and you got to use this funny money to do it. So this is why Dr. Paul was very prescient on the one issue of 
you know, uh, uh, legal tender laws. You have to have the where you can pay your taxes in gold and silver. Well, anybody has gold and silver, they're going to walk in with one coin. There, I paid all my taxes. Peace out. You know, they don't, central banks don't like that. They're going to start undoing a lot of these states that were doing that. And I'm going to which Arizona is one and Utah and Idaho, whatever. Well, another issue you've been talking about is that how you're not even allowed to camp on your own land. And this has been one of the big other issues. Yeah, that this is the issue. This is, it's property rights. This the love bus Liberty tour.com. We haven't even focused on the webpage yet. We're just getting ready buying but months. We've been getting ready whole studio built. I mean, it's a thing. So what happens is, is we go on, on this tour and it's for two things. Do I own myself? And can I own property? And I'm, you know, this mandatory vaccination, notions and potions, forced injection from the crown. My body, my choice, unless it's yeah. a vaccination. Yeah, no, they don't even care about that slogan anymore as long as it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, the collective and takes a village to inoculate you. I mean, you know, whatever the hell <laughs> that's they're coming up with. So we're going, look, you own yourself. You know, regardless of the health, health risks or the uh, side effects, or, you know, that's not even the freaking point. Either you own inside your skin or you don't. I mean, I may, they always go, well, uh, uh, the cop can go past your picket fence and bang on your door. Or they can kick in your door under certain or they can do this or they can do that. All the way to they can penetrate my flesh. I'm going, whoa, I don't even own what's inside my skin. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I just want you to say it. I just need to know that. You know, FYI, you know, I just, I, I need to know that. Then the other thing is, is if it pleases the crown, may I occupy my own land, you know, and you can have your tent in front of city hall, the police station in San Francisco, you're good. But if you take that same tent and you put it on your own, I own it land free and clear without a permission slip from the crown, you'll get an occupancy permit. You go to jail, jail, jail. You can't camp on your own land, jail. And I'm going, when did that happen in America? I just want to know when it happened, how it happened. We go through a lot of shows. We have a lot of people. Go, and you can see it's a bank thing. It's always a bank thing. So I'm going, all right, it's a control, you know, real estate. Now, here in Arizona, enormous amounts of land. Only 16% of Arizona is in private hands. And that's, yeah. well, that's banks, you know. So I'm just like, this is so obvious. So I'm sorry, John, did you find uh, the? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do love your passion, uh, Ernie. It's It's been a pleasure hanging out with you for a bit as well. And, uh, you know, it's fun finding somebody that actually, you know, truly believes in this and, you know, want to live it out for everybody else to be free. There's, you know, few and far be between guys like you and, and Tim and others that I know. So it's, it's very important to really, uh, you know, um, treasure, you know, that you guys are here and, and with me. But, you know, you said something really important. If I don't have it, in my hands, I don't own it. Um, it. It's that thing, you know, like the real things, you know, like your house that you live physically in, you can touch it, you can, uh, you know, you move on. You, you could, you know, physically go out and grab some, you know, vegetables from your garden, all this stuff, you know, real things. And that comes back to when, when you ever have a crisis throughout history, uh, when a currency uh, defaults or get destroyed, you know, uh, by hyperinflation, whatever it is, every single one that I've studied, you know, in modern, modern history, and some, you know, that you have some more detailed uh, hi historical evidence of every single time, you know, it's the people that actually had physical land that they could live off of that got through the, the big crisis because uh, like a lot of other people starved uh, or they, when they really got through it and they really thrived through it at the end of it, of course, 
was that they had the physical uh, metal, you know, gold and silver that they had provided for themselves, all those things. And now what you're seeing around the world, and, and this, is, uh, this is complete fact, is that every single country except for the United States have record highs in gold. So that means that every single, so it's so funny, like we always seem to measure, you know, against other currencies. We never measure against real things, you know, and when, you, when you're in media, you never want to hear that, that you measure against the real thing, because that's when you see how much your purchasing power or your local fiat currency has dwindled. Meanwhile, it's like, well, they're, they're the same value, the, the Turkish lira and the, and the American dollar. You know, no, because you're not measuring against something real. It, it's, it's just a printable a medium of exchange. That well, you're what would you against. measure gold against? I mean, I, I know it's like, you know, an uh, ounce of gold to get me a, a saddle, a, a, a 45, and a you know, bushel of wheat or some crap like that. Yeah. They're always using the same. But I'm just, you know, well, what, supply what are you and demand. Supply and demand, you know, uh, entails on how much that would be and how much gold does exist or silver exists. No, you know, that's what how you, it What do you compare? Yeah. I mean, this ounce of gold is always going to get me X amount of corn or it's going to get me well, a, not, how many shovels or, or not necessarily think about that not necessarily if we go and you know finally find that gold uh, uh meteorite up in up in the you know the atmosphere like traveling somewhere in the universe and we go and take it down to earth <laughs> we get to take it down to earth well now we're sitting on like it you know it could be a substantial amount uh, more of gold in supply for example or they could be another metal. So like you saw that when, uh, when the actual Spaniards invaded Mexico, they came over there and robbed them of gold and silver in their mines, took it back home to, uh, to Spain. But then suddenly the, the, the value of the gold and silver that you know, existed, it's, like, it's, it's basically like inflationary because now there's more supply of it uh, chasing the same amounts of goods and service that are getting created. And that's kind of like the, the overall simple term of, you know, like telling people how you get the, the value of things. It's the supply and demand so the of the medium of exchange. productivity of the versus... Central Americans crashed the European gold market? Well, yeah, uh, actually. Uh, well, they, now, they, now, yeah. That, now that oil is negative, now that oil yeah. is negative, an ounce of gold can get you a uh, negative 30 barrels of oil. So Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's a... I, I'm wondering, I just want to, you know, uh, John, help me out, you know, how this ends. I, you know, you're going to have, because they haven't even started on derivatives yet. You know, this no, is, like, starts a cascade. It's over. I mean, it's already over. They're, it's like Wild E. Coyote on over the cliff, you know, with a sign that says, yikes. I mean, that's where we're at now. Yeah, you know? no, we're, it's all faith-based, you know, like it's basically like a religion. You know, the fiat currencies throughout history is that you have to believe that actually – uh, keeps purchasing power. And that's why you have these legal tender laws that are being enforced upon you by the government to make sure that you are, you know, by the, by the, by gun to your head, that you actually accept these, uh, these dwindling value, uh, you know, the value of the, the, the this uh, currency that you hold is constantly going down. And that's why, you know, we, we had to create all these investment uh, portfolios, investment vehicles, is if we don't increase our supply of currency, because the government is increasing and the banks are creating more of it. Uh, if we don't, we're, we're basically stuck in losing money. Uh, if, we, if you just, let's say that you saved $100,000, you know, from the 1960s to now, you know, what are you sitting left with? You know, it's, it's like what a medium of exchange needs to be, but it's, it's, it's really hard to make it work perfectly. And, and no matter what world you have, as I said, you know, suddenly we could find all these gold and suddenly gold is not purchasing as much anymore. And if you saved a whole bunch in gold, now we have the same kind of issue. 
but you know, over time, if you know, you like, it's like building, a, think about it as building a house. And then every day, you know, the centimeters or meters or inches or, or feet, you know, the measurement changed every freaking day. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I get a, like, it's not going to turn out. And that's what we're building our future with. We're building our future with a measurement of value that is changing all the time, either up or down. And it's, in my point, it's, it's really hard to get that perfect because, uh, well, actually, Bitcoin has really tried to do because they, they want in 20, year 2100, they want a physical supply of something like 21 million. That's going to be all that exists. Like they kind of tried to set that, but, you know, uh, because people are so used to being able to grow things right away and have the advantage of getting into debt so they could, you know, get a lot more than they, than they could if they had a if you had a real economy and we all actually worked for everything and we uh, we didn't have the possibility to lend out any other money than existed you know that would be uh, you know a, a, a great uh, way to go no, forward that happened before the federal reserve things were getting cheaper the productivity yeah. was going on industrialization was happening people yeah. paid cash for their homes mom stayed home yeah. and farmed chickens and whatever they go oh hell no we don't need all that productivity going to the middle class we want it here getting the debt you got it blah 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 it's like a it's like a plan man it's like it was on purpose you know well, it's so, a I'm going, so so i'm i'm looking yeah. at uh, the the yeah, the future <laughs> is going to be so much abundance we have so much uh, productivity and automation is going i mean if you just get this monkey off our back it yeah. is going to be so amazing the future and i'm wondering it, it all comes down to, and I, this is why I do what I do, it all comes down to general public opinion. That's it. Yeah, it's right just, it's just a, I, you know, I'm, I opine that you suck and I don't need you anymore. And I do the Klingon, turn my back, you know, disaffiliation of, uh, you know, I ignore you. And That's you what killed the currencies away, too. Ignore spot them. On. No, you're spot on, uh, Ernie. It's exactly what kills currencies throughout history as well is general public opinion that this currency is garbage uh, and they can't use it anymore as a medium of exchange to transfer value between each other. And that's what's going to happen. That's where we're heading towards. No matter, you know, we're going to, you know, we're the stronger, like the US dollar is the strongest in the bunch, but that doesn't help. You know, it, it will, like when you have accumulated all the people, you know, getting into American dollar assets. Yeah, it's your exit. What's your exit strategy out of nothing? You know, there's nothing. That's what I right. said about the Fed. You know, what's your exit strategy? How are you going to sell off these assets that are worth nothing? You know, like they have, nobody has an exit strategy after everybody has gone to the There's US all dollars. these guys out in the desert, you know, and around the world that have uh, a couple of acres and they got a field full of rebar or copper pipe or fencing or something. I mean, they go, yeah, well, there's some meals. I mean, at least they got something, you know, yeah. the trade. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, scrap yards of whatever. I mean, that's just, if you can fix stuff, heal people, uh, you know, uh, do things. I mean, you know, lay brick. I mean, this is what's going to happen. This is the future. So in things like, you know, in finance, like Tim, you know, I worry, man. They're gonna, you're just illegal now. You're not allowed to help. And help with what? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, at some point, you may be in trouble for your livelihood. What do you think? Well, at some point, I might just go disappear and be off the grid. So, I mean, it won't matter. Uh, I mean, and there's other ways. I mean, there's other ways. And if, you know, if, if in this world, 
you know, if one Bitcoin ends up being not financial advice, but if one Bitcoin ends up being worth like a million dollars and all of a sudden you're trading in point zero, you know, one Satoshi to go buy is something, then, you know, guys like me and you will be sitting pretty and everybody else yeah. will be, you know, well, maybe uh, you, I don't have that much. Or but no, but if but if one but no, I said if one Bitcoin yeah. becomes a million dollars at that, but then but you're not trading in dollars, you're trading. Yeah, but your is time, that whole wheat loaf of bread or white or well, whatever? Like, that million. You know the interesting thing that <laughs> well, yeah, the interesting thing that I've looked at is you know everybody's talking about the U.S. dollar price in Bitcoin. What if we end up having actually cryptocurrencies because we said screw the government, then now we have our own cryptocurrencies that we chose that as a medium of exchange. Now you're just buying things in, in Satoshis and in whatever other currency, you know, Moneros or whatever it is. And, and about 13, 14, I think it was, uh, it was when Bitcoin is at like 250. And I went to a consumer electronics show in Las Vegas and when Bitcoin had, had a big presence there. And I could is see that Peter Schiff was there too, or is that a different? I, I don't remember. I, you know, it was that was one time I've been going for years. You know, as a journalist, and they only opened it up to journalism. But uh, I go there, and there's you know hundreds of thousands of people go to this thing. It's just amazing, and these are just you know buyers and stuff. These journalists and so on. Well, what happened was I saw because I used to own a restaurant, and I know that even mom and pa they'll change their point of sale system, their cash registers, at least every three to eight years. I mean, I don't know how long you can drag it out. But the next versions were all going to be able to take digital currencies. And I'm going, yep, they got the infrastructure. It's going to be, we can do Bitcoin. We got to pay anything, anytime, anyway, any whatever, all the things for all the money kind of deal. And I go, when that happens, here we go. It's going to go. So I took $6,000 straight up. I told people on the air, I took $6,000 in silver, which I never do. I met me on silver. <laughs> I just stack them in. Ain't never. I said, you know what? I'm going to take this. And I'm going to buy that. It was, I think it was, um, uh, I can't remember the numbers, so many ounces, 16 ounces per Bitcoin at the time or something like that. And then Bitcoin just shot up. And I got to where it was like 140, 200 ounces of um, uh, silver per Bitcoin. I mean, it got, to, okay, I chose wisely, all right? But then over time, I start going, yeah, this Bitcoin thing is shooting up. I start accumulating more silver with Bitcoin again. And I'm going, now I'm back to where I'm going, yeah, they both may go up, but I, I'm, I'm thinking hold it in my hand, silver is going to be better off. So it's just from being old and seeing this, yeah, I'm only 59, I mean, only, I mean, whatever, I just don't, I don't feel old, I've just been around a while. You know, 30 years of seeing all the lies, that's why the slogan on Freedom's Phoenix is, you know, uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. And that's what, you know, Tim and John helped me with. I, I don't know. I'm not sitting here doing this so, you know, we can talk about it to the audience. It's for me to learn. I just let the audience share in my learning. I'm going, here, explain this to me. I'm Joe Sixpack if I don't get it, you know? And, and a lot of times, you know, John's been really good, you know, at uh, making sure I, I understand. No, you're right. They are crazy. No, you're right. They're, it doesn't work that way. No, you're right. They are lying. No, you're right. Okay. All right. Well, at least... At least we got that, you know. <laughs> so I last October, I could see what was coming. And it was the end game when, you know, taxes are good. No matter what they're telling you, your taxes go up. The value of your money goes down. You have uh, them controls. Property rights aren't being respected. 
the debt ceiling. No matter who you vote for, you're going to lose no matter what. But yeah. I remember you saying, you were saying all at the end of last year, you were saying this over and over and over again. You're like, 2020 is the freaking year. You you were saying it over and over and over and over again. You know, it wasn't just 2020. me. I had James Corbett on, and I go, it was in the December of 19 or something. I go, is 2020 it, James? And he goes, what? And I go, is 2020 it? He goes, yep, pretty much. 2020 is it. So yeah. I, I wasn't the only one, but, man, I was I started changing, getting ready for. I hate moving. I got two acres of crap, man. Been here 10 years. I've got. Tim, you know how my – yeah, John, you've been here. You know all this crap. You want to help me move? I mean, you know, holy crap. While I'm getting a bus ready, this has been months of preparation, and we're getting ready, having our final here-we-go party this weekend. And we aren't anywhere near. We need help. So I'm telling you. Well, I'm and I'm, and I'm moving too right now, so I'm the last person that can help you, unfortunately, because I have nobody – yeah, I've been in the same boat as you, a little bit different boat, but uh, – or a different bus maybe. Okay, you know, I do over anyway. <laughs> well, you should come over here. You got to see the new studio. I'm, I'm I will, working with see the nice view of the mountain behind me. But uh, no, I think the la last – I do want to respect your time today because you got a lot of stuff to do. We, yeah. We've all got a lot of stuff to do. But I think the last thing I want to impart with, I mean, you've been a guy over the past 30 years that never really compromised. You've never done things for clicks. You never did things for, oh, somebody won't like me. Yeah, or some algorithm. <laughs> but, you know, the, but getting back to, I guess, the last thing with Dr. Judy is, you know, a lot of you know, people are like, oh, well, she's got a book and she's doing this for money. And, you know, can you kind of, you know, talk to as someone that's known her probably better than just about anybody, you know, where Judy's coming from, they made from sure you know, her, her heart. They totally financially devastated. They, she couldn't work. She couldn't nothing, nothing. The hero in this is her husband. Her husband's retired as a pension and they don't need much to live. You know, they just like, and they have a lot of support from people come stay here. They go, they have to move a lot, you know, because they're always coming after them. She's, you know, going and speaking at different events and so on. But uh, she spent the time, and there was another gentleman that co-authored the book named Kent Heckenlively that had an autistic daughter, I think, that uh, he was uh, an attorney, I'm pretty sure, and became a science teacher so he could stay home uh, with his um, child and uh, more. And what happened was he helped co-author the book with her to bring it down to Ernie speak. I mean, you know, I'm like, wow, stop with the acronyms, man. I mean, I talked talk to somebody in the military. The XMRV. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. Just, well, it stands for something. It's Mises pieces. I mean, you know, it's, a, you know, them creating these retroviruses that be able to bring in. What it is, it's like they're changing us. They're trying to make X-Men out of everybody or something. You know, they're, they're physically changed. When you got a retrovirus, goes into your nucleus and changes the product, turns your cells into factories or whatever the hell they want, and it changes your replication of your DNA. I mean, it just gets weird. Yeah, so it's, you're not like, is that the not goal? Human like, you're not a human. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is your chimera. And now, you're, and now the human rights that they don't grant us anyways don't apply to us because yeah. we're some sort of a chimera. DNA. You're, you're not, not, yeah, you're not really a human, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say it. Well, let's not, them any more. let's not give them any more ideas because that's uh, right. no, exactly what they're going to do. They'll come up with it. If they're not, they can, yeah. they are. Well, so Dr. Judy, um, she was true to her word. She knew that millions of people were dying. Millions of people were getting, because she started on this track with chronic fatigue syndrome. They have, they call it the Seattle depression or whatever the heck, you know, these, all these women, yeah, Seattle. I mean, you know, Microsoft. So they had, you know, uh, people, they're just being, oh, you don't have, you're hypochondriac or whatever. She took this stuff seriously and they started to find out that this, one particular retrovirus was had all kinds of stuff that was uh, 
pathologies that were coming along with it. Well, when she did the talk and she wrote the paper, and her, they're like, oh, my God, she found it, you know, kind of thing. And they just had to destroy her. It was a financial thing. It was a cover-up thing. Well, she knew it. So she's going, nope, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, you know, exposing you guys. So because she could, she wrote the book with Kent. You know, she went on uh, speaking. She had already started speaking on what this stuff was doing before they came down on her. And uh, so they got to sell your name and all that kind of stuff. And during the process, so I knew just like with, you know, a lot of other people like her, that's what I try and have them on regularly as a guest. Because if you're going to be on the list, be on top of the list, it's safer there. And that's what I've been trying to do is make sure everything she knows and everything she says as it comes out, that we get it archived, permanent IPFS, forever and always, Freedoms Phoenix, declare your independence, Ernest Hancock, and your mama. So we do that. And then all this stuff comes out, and she writes the next book, Plague of Corruption, of what's happened since then and what she's realized, what was really – she was just a scientist. And then she realized what was going on worldwide and who's doing it and how and why. And a lot of it in the community starts doing it. And we have those people speak at the summits. And we got, so it was, it was a neon flashing obvious light going like this in front of my face. Of course I knew what was going to happen, what had to happen, what they were prepping to happen. But it's overlapped. That's why it's a freedom thing. It's not just guns. It's not just vaccines. It's not just for this. It's not just. It's everything. And they fear individuals. They fear spontaneous order. They fear decentralization down to the individual getting their own printing press, you know, having their own power making, have their own fuel making, have their own food making, have their own water making, have their own transportation, their own automation, their own education, their own, their own, their own. Pirateswithoutborders.com. Go there and read the letters of Captain Mark. We did this years ago, prepping to demonstrate that we know. We, yeah. It's so freaking obvious. What are you going to do about it? Well, you have to get self-sufficient. Oh, you can't. You got to be a community. Yeah, be an ad to the community. You know, be somebody that, you know, bring something. Because when this <laughs> is going down right now, what are you bringing? You're showing up with your empty fuel uh, on your car on the lone prairie of save me and my children you know <laughs> oh yeah let's add you to our burden what ad are you what can you can you build can you lay block can you you know do electrical can you can you, you freaking till a, a, a soil and you got a strong back you do i mean what the hell good are you are you dependent oh well i got uncle sam over here has got a you know stadium for you knock yourself out you know i ain't got time for that i'm not trying to save everyone, I just want to be able to be saved if I want to, on my own effort. You know, I, so that's why we did the, you know, the goats and the turkeys and the chickens and the aquaponics and the, the growing and everything. The first plant that we planted out here was a tobacco plant, so I could roll up a Freedom's Phoenix Freedom freaking I didn't look for permission cigar. The first thing people ask me, they go, "Well, can you do that?" I go, "You know, I don't know," and I didn't look. You know what I mean? God, just will slap you people around. You know, yeah. quit asking permission. So yeah, they, people are afraid of you actually being an individual that can do whatever <laughs> you want in your life. And that's what the government propaganda is all about, is yeah. vilifying the guys that are actually saying, like, you're free to do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anyone, you buddy. You know? Yeah, earnings yeah. for the smallest minority there is. So yeah. do you want to tell me what that is? The individual. 
Yeah, that's yeah. one thing. I, I had the Southern Poverty Law Center guys on, you know, when they used to come on. And, uh, you know. That was a great, that was a great show when, when you had Mark Potok and sort of, uh, I don't know if they tricked him on, but you know, that was Heidi, awesome. Well, Heidi Byrick is director of special projects, where the hell that is. You know, we've had her on. We'd be nice. You know, just tell us, you know, whatever. And just kind of, you know, she's just a PR person. She gets a radio and she don't care. We got along fine. So Mark Potok thought, well, she's been on. I'll go on. And then he starts his crap and I just. It, it was all I could do to keep him on the show for an hour. Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. You go look at Mark Potockers. Yeah, they probably you know scrubbed the internet of that or whatever. But the um the the main thing that they want to do is they just want to make sure that it's always a collective answer. It's always a majority yeah. vote thing. It's always yeah. policy. It's always a, YouTube comes out and says, "Hey man, if it violates what the WHO, which is UN, if if Bill Gates and the WHO and the UN." Say it's, it's, it's bad, we're going to take it off the internet. I'm like, who the hell's running our media? Who the hell? I mean, if this isn't a neon flash example, you know? <laughs> yeah, the who? Yeah. So I'm, I, this is it. A, a lot of, we had a party, you know, um, where a lot of people came. Uh, we were kind of one of our last parties about a month ago. Oh, it was March 21st. I remember it was Donna's birthday, it was the 20th. We had it that 21st. I just flew in from, Maine, we're back working on the bus. Now we I was there. Here. Yep. Yeah, and we had a bunch of people came, and a lot of them were just wanting to know, you know friends I haven't seen in a long time from church, old friends. I was kind of saying, they didn't bring their family. They, you know, some of them were wearing their mask. And Donna had toilet paper and homemade Purell for them. You know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> But the, oh, man, uh, and I put the, the homemade Purell inside the toilet paper and went to go take it out and ripped the middle thing out of the toilet paper. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I know. Put it in light. It did that on all of them. But the, uh, so what happened was um, these people that came, they wanted to know if this was it. That's why they came. And I'm going, you know, is that towards the end of the night? We're sitting there talking. Everybody's just saying goodbye. And all of a sudden, here come the lawyers, the doctors, the dentists. The other business owners, I mean, it was amazing. It was all these people, people I've known that moneyed up. You know, they used to take me to basketball and football games and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I'm going, wow, you know, uh, uh, show it's good to see you guys. Yeah, we've been paying attention. We've been reading Freemans Phoenix. And, you know, we came here. I just, is it going back to normal? Should I keep my business open? Should I pay the employees? Should I apply for the, you know, I'm going, is this it, Ernie? I go, this is it. This is it. What's it? I don't know. This is it. You know, this is everything I've been talking about. Be ready. None of this is going to matter anymore. And we're going to go back to normal. Normal? What's Abby normal? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to go back to normal. Normal is what got us here. Normal yeah. sucks. You know, we need, we need new. You know, we need to tell it. So what's going to happen? Well, how much precious metals do you have? Where do you have land? Where can you hunker down? How much food do you got? Well, I, I go, see, you're, you're, you're thinking I'm poor. I'm going, yeah, who's got food? You know, so I just, this is so neon flashing obvious of what's coming. And it really, finally the people over decades, Ernie, you've been saying that for days. You've been saying that, well, here she is, okay? But it's happened. We have signs before that it's happened and, you know, shoot-ups and, you know, I, I got enough that, you know, they didn't think I was totally whack, bat crap crazy. But it's, um, but now they're, they're scared and they're really starting to make moves. They're making decisions, life-changing decisions that the new economy or whatever is going to be and people where they're going to invest and what they're selling, it's going to be totally different uh, uh, by, for the rest of this year. And the election, oh, man, you want to see some freaking propaganda. 
Here election. we go. Yeah, I'm speaking. Here we go. I know. I know. We, yeah, we've 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 kept you we've kept you on for a long time. And I know that you've got a lot of stuff to do. So definitely appreciate you know everything you've done over the years. I mean, yeah. I saw the stuff that like you and Ed Vallejo and other people were doing back when I was living in upstate New York, which I guess now uh, Cuomo just Emperor Cuomo just uh, opened up New York State on the 15th, upstate New York on the 15th. But uh, anyways, it, it encouraged me to move to Phoenix because I saw that that was really the heart of the. Revolution. I got down here, went, you know, in 2011, saw, you know, hundreds of people on busy intersections with Ron Paul signs all across, all across the county, by all across the state on freeways, banners everywhere. And it was sort of amazing. Unfortunately, a lot of that has now died down. I mean, well, by a lot of it, I mean, like 99.9% of that has died down. Uh, and I think it really. has to do with Trump. They, getting they, they, no, they, they, they started having children. I saw it at yeah. Fest and so on. Okay. And you go to this festival, walk around, smoke weed, woo, you know. So mm-hmm. the next year, they have a bunch more, and then they meet people, and they start getting married, and they start having, like, hey, man, you know, shoot up your heroin, you know, like uh, over there a little bit or something. I mean, you know, have a little bit of decorum. I yeah. mean, you know, whatever. But the, the fire is kindling. That's what you're saying. It's I never under the surface. On, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. <laughs> but I, my point is that. You know, as far it doesn't make you uncomfortable. You're not pushing the envelope right. far enough. So that, there's another one for me. My point is that the um, the tolerance of people for their own behavior and others is pretty high. But they started having children, so they're going, ah, eh, you know, naked zombie dancing. You know, keep it after hours. Don't be flashing my kids, or I have to come shoot you. You know, so it's just, you know, this is they have their own standards, and it's just a freedom down to individual, and don't be a dick. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's don't be a dick doctrine, which usually comes down to non-aggression principle. So a lot of times it's also just don't be a dick, you know. And um, then these people kind of get older. They're not 20 anymore. They're 30. They're 35. They got 10-year-old kids. They're starting to trade. So they're preparing. They don't have to advocate. They don't have to go out and put their name on a list. They don't have to go. They know. They get it. They're, they're acting, you know, tiny house thing is going on. They're, you know, moving to other countries. They're not have this America allegiance to the United States of, you know, they're going, where can I go to be free? People have the ability to move. They have the ability to tele- telecommute or whatever they do, or they got real life knowledge that they go and make use of, and they bring in friends and family, and they kind of got their little enclave of Bitcoin and silver, and they're good. So what's going to happen. They don't seem so crazy, any- they don't seem so crazy anymore. Uh, no, the no. vast majority. We went back uh, Massachusetts, Bob Anderson and I, you know, uh, Tonopah, and uh, he has a, a home property in uh, right on the border with New Hampshire and Massachusetts. We went back in October, and I was so dismayed by the lack of give-a-crap by the employees, how many there are, how much they get paid. They're just sitting back waiting for it was amazing. I go, these people aren't going to survive. And Bob made the comment. He goes, the great calling is coming. And that's where we're at. So when you worry about all these people, I'm going, I can't. I worry about the individual, you know, having the ability. I advocate for the individual to free them and, and provide for themselves. I can't do it for them. I'm they're all going to get the vaccines. Yeah. So we're not going to have to. They're all going to get the vaccines. So we're not going to have to worry about them anyway. So, you know. <laughs> it's a great calling. But who's going to be left? You know, the bad guys, they think they're going to the rest just so a mop-up operation. I go, hell, these people have been a burden on us as much as you. 
You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, oh, feed me, do me. I got to have, and I got my, you know, nine millimeter I stole from my neighbor to come take your food kind of thing. Through deterrence or demise, bad guys are going to go away, one or the other, yeah. at all levels. This is throughout history, this happens. The only time that you have real major problems is when the government turns on its own people. And the only time that that really happens is after they disarm you. So Americans, you know, that's why the Second Amendment is like this Vulcan mind meld into the attitude the state has for you. Of course, they need you disarmed. Of course, they want you not able to resist. Of course. What do you think Look was going Canada. on? Look at Canada. May Day. On May Day. Of course. Yeah. Well, they pick another day? No, it's, that's, a, that, right? that's, a, that's a real good statement there, boy. Right on May Day. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, just, wow. Yeah, they're not even hiding it anymore. No. So that's why I'm not. I uh, will get into long form interviews and more podcasting and so on with a lot of the guys that I've interviewed. I go through my records. And I go, oh man, man it was killing me with the Dr. Judy interview, and you guys were just on like all this amazing stuff, and then boom, commercial break, and then boom, commercial break with uh, the Dr. Uh, the last Dr. Judy interview you did. Last one that we did, we went long. I said I want to hear all about Dr. Fauci. Give me everything. Give me get it on record. Well, she did. And then I had um, a uh, good friend, uh, you know, it's kind of got all Facebook on whatever. And um, he goes, well, you know, she was arrested and the FBI said, and she kind of go tell that story. I'm like, okay, for the 500th time. All right. Tell the whole story. What happened? You know? So, you know, we can go through this, but I'm just, we're in the survival. I don't have to beat them. I just have to outlast them. You know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to, take over Washington. I'll be in charge of the marble monuments. I don't give a crap. You know, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I just ignore them. But the thing is, is or that. The, or the EPA that's building that's made out of granite. Or the, the William H. Jefferson, the William H. Jefferson uh, Clinton EPA building that's made out of granite that they probably had to destroy entire mountains in order to make the EPA building. I mean, it's just. I, you know, they need, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to make this one comment. This is one thing. A friend of mine, we had a story up and it said, um, the government employees, 80% of them could be replaced with robots. And then he wrote back, he goes, 100% of them could be replaced with pictures of robots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, that's hey, yeah, dude. You know, you know it's like the, they, they say that we're close to non-essential services. Like, when is the government shutting down? <laughs> oh, they get fully paid. I got teachers yeah, exactly. around me. My neighbors, teachers, they're kind of, you know, an hour a day online of doing whatever. Oh yeah, and they're getting fully paid. They're good. Oh, you yeah. know, they're getting all that. I'm going. This is this is so obvious. And yeah. there's going to be positive effects from this. People people are going to realize. Oh, hey, maybe I don't need to spend seventy grand a year going to college, especially if it's going to be through Hell. Zoom classes. And people, I think in the future, and I stopped funding my kids five twenty nine a couple years yeah. ago. Well, what I was thinking is like, if you have like a certification of, hey, you took the best person in the world or, you know, class on this and you've got a certification, you know, that's going to be worth more. Or what if, you know, I create my own course. You want to go yeah. to the Tim Pichot, Austrian economics, financial planning courses of designations and then prove you have proficiency. I mean, I mean, not well, because myself, but I mean, I would, I think I could do a better job teaching it than the bullshit education that I, had that I didn't even still, mention. We saw it happening about a few years ago when, Companies like Google and Microsoft and some big insurance companies and everything were not requiring degrees anymore. Cause they go, now we just got their Tesla. Yeah, they're freaking worthless. I mean, show yeah. me, yeah, Tesla, show me, oh, you're hired. 
And I remember it was a friend of mine's son graduating as a computer science major from ASU and Google went out and they had these like, you know, like um, uh, name tags and it had a code on it and they put it out. And if you could break that code or whatever it was, you're high. That was the interview. <laughs> you don't give a crap what your degree is, you know, break this code. And uh, so it was, these are the kind of things that are happening, but it's also where uh, what uh, Eisenhower was warning us in his uh, military industrial complex speech, which really wasn't about that. The military industrial complex was a side effect of being ruled by a scientific te technological elite. He was warning, look, man, you know, intellectual curiosity and us doing kind of pure research, all that's gone. It's going to be all university and military and government you're working for. And if you're not first, you're against us and you're not allowed to be a scientist or just out there doing, they're going to, you know, bring you all in for a government grant. I mean, you read that speech or watch him give it. And I'm telling you, it was not about the military industrial complex. It was about being ruled by a scientific logical elite of which the military industrial complex was a side effect. And I'm going, when I read that and put out, man, I've used it a lot in shows. I'm going, damn, he pegged it. They had it in the DNA of what they were doing after World War II. Hell, before World War I, James Corbett goes on, all on about World War I and this. And uh, here comes eugenics again. They're just like programming you with a vaccine. This is yeah. just so dystopian. You know, it's like, you know, the Black Mirror. There's a show, there's an article going on <laughs> Freedom's Phoenix today. The writer of Black Mirror, which is kind of a Twilight Zone-y, techie, whatever thing out of the United Kingdom, he goes, I'm not writing stories there. I can't outdo what they're doing. This is it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's become so ridiculous, those uh, Black Mirror stories that now are almost every lot. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I got to go. I, I, I could talk to you guys. <laughs> I just love you know, talking to Tim. I know you could. You're, you're, uh, a, you're a walking filibuster. So, I mean, yeah. you could. <laughs> you know, well, you asked, so you got. <laughs> but that, I just oh, want the funny. audience to know that there are good people out there. Good people that totally rebuild society in the image of Lee alonism We've done it many times throughout human history. Mm -hmm. It's happened, you know, one of the, the best examples, of course, the Declaration of Independence. But then they did the Constitution. You know, I'm not a big Constitution fan because it, they don't abide by it. You know, it obligates me, but they don't got to. I'm like, what the hell? I got, you know, oh, but we were going to make you get, a, you know, your ID. Oh, God. So this is, it's down to the individual and your friends and family. Take care of you. Go to pirateswithoutborders.com and you just read our letter. You'll see what our mindset is. But my big thing over the next year, Donna, my wife, and I have committed that we're going on the road to promote property rights of yourself. And if it pleases the crown, may I occupy my own property? I already know what their answer is, not without their permission or their way of you gotten taxes. And I'm going, oh, okay. Um, I think general public opinion should be I get to own myself. And the whole purpose of government was to defend individual rights. When you're not doing that, it's time to alter or abolish. It's your right, your duty. So the Declaration says, that's why my show is Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. That concept right there, the only function of government was to defend me from lockdowns. People putting in curfew and locking me in my house. <laughs> and they're the ones doing it? What the hell are you guys good for? 
What about what about people in independent media that say? What about people out there in independent media that say, well, we need to uh, basically listen to the government because they if don't we don't, understand. they're going to come back with round two they and they're going to blame it on us. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That you know, there is, of course, there's going to. They're going to blame it on us anyways. There's going to be around fourteen. You know, I, you know, that, that, this is not stopping, and, and it's no. not this. I'm just waiting for the alien invasions. You know, <laughs> they got you know, I mean, literally alphas and whatever genetically altered in the lab of. Guys, it looked kind of funny. I doesn't mean, you know, whatever. And what doesn't even make the news now, you know, that they're releasing alien, uh, yeah. <laughs> alien UFO stuff. Can I keep my guns? I mean, you know, I, I, you know this is it, it, it. We're in it right now. It's not who's going to be in charge of the marble monuments. It's who's going to be in charge of you. That's what's coming exactly. down to. Yeah. It's who's in charge. Mind. Who keeps, you know, this body, you know, clear of mind, clear of spirit, clear, clear of pathogen, clear. I mean, you got to take care of you and your loved ones and as many as you can encourage mostly by example you know that's what we're trying to be is inspiration example you know this old 1980 bus was that 40 year old bus you know what what, what what's the big thing it was energy so we got solar panels coming out the butt man i'm gonna live I, you know whatever so it's just I, I we just want to show we can live a modern life healthier better and not be so dependent on this crap that we have to pay interest on. You know, stop, stop, stop. But then you get the land. You're not. We just need to know this. General public opinion. We just need to know. Well, I know. I know. And these guys know. So <laughs> it's just surviving them. I don't need to beat them. They're going to follow their own weight. They've got their own problems. You know, I just want to outlast them. And we're going to help. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, he knows that we know that he knows. So now that you guys all know. So you guys can check him out at freedomswithanSphoenix.com, pirateswithoutborders.com. Uh, what's the, the, the new Love Bus uh, website? They can probably find that at freedomswithoutborders.com. Well, and it's just all there is up there is a show that we did in like February or January or something that Jay Noon and I did. We did a show, what we were doing and why, and just put it up there. That's all that's there. LoveBusLibertyTour.com, but when we get going and get, you know we gotta take pictures of it and kind well, of. he coincidentally ended up just like just texted me like two minutes ago, so it's really funny that you mentioned Jay New because he just sent me a message. So uh, Jay is you know, another one of those guys you want in your. And he actually sent me a message about, about John about John Snyson. So because he, he was asking about some guy going in his Telegram group, but it wasn't John. It was a guy with a name similar. So I'm like, well, lo and behold, I'm actually speaking to both of them right now. No, that wasn't John Snyson, but no, it's, it's sort of funny. Anyway, right. yeah, John, cares do you about say Snyson or Sneezing? Snyson. Snyson. Sorry, man. I've been doing it wrong all the time. <laughs> you got to correct me. It's your name. You know, yeah, I, I don't John Snyson, you know, I'm, I'm really glad both of you guys are there. I, I really look, because I genuinely have questions, and I just go, I don't, this just seems so, this is just dumb. You know, is this dumb? Yep, it's dumb. It's illegal. It's dumb. It's you know non-sustainable. Dumb, dumb. Okay, I was just making sure. You know, I just wanted to know. If the government did it, it's dumb. Is is the um, answer. So yeah. you know, there we go. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll sign off. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. Pleasure, Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Ernst. Yep, thank you.